everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Healthy Perspectives podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and today I'm joined with Wayne, another creative at the agency and a member of the Emerging Digital Group. Wayne, thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Jamie. I'm excited to be here. Uh, today we're going to be speaking with a special guest, Joanne Saida, Chief Digital Officer at Omnicom Health Group. She's going to be talking to us about her recent attendance at CES 2019. That's the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. So uh, why don't we get started? Here's our conversation. Enjoy. All right. Please introduce yourself for us. Hi, I'm Joanne Slaida. I'm the Chief Digital Officer for Omnicom Health Group. And really what that means is my role is about using digital and data and technology to better support our agencies and our pharmaceutical clients. So in January, you attended CES, the Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas. Was this your first time going to CES? It was not. It was probably my third time. Oh, wow. Oh, nice. So mm. what was different this time than in your mind from previous times that you attended? Well, I hadn't gone in about two years. Um, so it was a refresher in how, frankly, overwhelming the number of participants and vendors and tech companies, um, uh, I believe there were over 180,000 attendees from 65,000 different places, um, two and a half, over two and a half million um, feet of space. So there was a lot of ground to cover. And it, for me, it, it seemed to have gotten even bigger. Wow, that's crazy. So did you have to attend different panels? How did you break out the sessions? So I went exclusively um, to focus myself on health and healthcare. Um, it was the 10th anniversary, if you will, of the Digital Health Summit at CES. So there were two dedicated days of panels um, with different healthcare companies talking about their advances in innovation. And quite frankly, I couldn't tear myself away from the two days of panels. Um, I did ultimately do that to, so I get out on the floor and see what was going on from a health perspective. Um, but even when I could get on the floor, I stuck really to the health technology. I, I think I spent a half a day looking at like really cool cars and um, Lamborghinis and and then I, I it was again and really LGs, like and, and LGs and, and then said I gotta get back to healthcare. <laughs> Speaking on healthcare, was there any piece of technology that sort of grabbed you the most? Anything that was a, a favorite for you? I'd say one of the favorites as far as like actual physical devices was um, the Omron wrist blood pressure watch. Like that really impressed me. I um, spent time with the Omron team, um, totally off the cuff. Like I didn't even make a special, you know, uh, appointment to see them. And um, I just, you know, could just found the technology as it was kind of puffing up around this man's wrist and watching um, the, you know, the monitor kind of rise and, and look at his blood pressure and have him show me kind of the week long that he was tracking. It was just so instant. It was so easy. It was so um, remarkable. And it, it truly impressed me from like a piece of tech. Mm -hmm. um, there were many other things about technology that impressed me that were less around like a specific device, but that one device, um, it, it stuck out in my mind. So the Omron wrist blood pressure watch, I'm guessing, so it's wearable tech, then that has little air pressure bubbles? Yeah. 
It's does like, it sync up to your phone? Yes, syncs up to your phone. It's this little mini like blood pressure cuff that was designed for the wrist. It was amazing because I was watching it puff up on his wrist. So cool. um, yes, it syncs to his phone um, if he permits it. It syncs to electronic health health records. Um, he actually showed me um, the areas that were of concern for him. He was actually managing his own high blood pressure with um, with the device, and um, he was pointing out some spikes in the day. Quite frankly, I mean, this guy was working the floor for uh, for Amron, and um, he he was really. Um, very generous with his uh, insight to his biometrics, but also with just impressing me with how the tech works so simply. Do you see something like this becoming more of a trend in healthcare, sort of going more towards these wearables? And how do you feel about that? I feel really strongly coming out of CES with the increasing adoption to what I call our digital therapeutics. And so devices that will complement drugs that will be more comfortable for physicians to recommend, for patients to adopt, and for um, really to improve health for patients and for them to actually to leverage it and, and not just like a fun thing to track steps on their arm. Not that, not that that's uh, not important, it is, but a big key theme for me coming out of CES was the rise in adoption of digital therapeutics. We are seeing through the, the folks who spoke on panels the evidence, the real-world evidence in biometric data that is showing improved outcomes to patients. And when that is demonstrated, physicians, payers, hospital mm -hmm. systems, they are adopting those devices more so that they can really manage the patient in his or her totality. This year at CES, they broke the health and wellness section into accessibility, digital health, and fitness and wearables, which sort of touches upon everything that you just mentioned. Um, how can a pharmaceutical brand then leverage this technology that exists, especially in such a regulated space? I believe there is a tremendous opportunity for our pharmaceutical clients. Um, one, I, I see already evidence of our pharma clients um, investing in digital therapeutics, looking for uh, digital health companies or startups or more mature ones that um, have a device that can service and improve the disease that their drug is trying to achieve. So I think number one is for pharmaceutical companies to continue to invest in exploring those innovations. Um, I think the second thing that they I would encourage them to do is to start small and begin to pilot uh, and begin to partner with experts who are able um, to do this and manage real-world evidence and manage the technology. And I, and I met so many companies that have started out that way. So I'd say what I've learned about how pharmaceutical companies can continue to increase their experimentation, adoption, and promotion of digital therapeutics. Um, what I learned from CES was that it is a focus on more effective consumer and patient marketing. Secondly, better physician education, really being able to tie um, the digital therapeutic to the brand that in a way is demonstrative of an outcome and that a physician is educated on that. And, and lastly, that pharmaceutical companies continue to do what they're doing already, and that is placing the patient at the center and integrating 
a digital therapeutic with their entire treatment plan. We here at Patients and Purpose, we love to prioritize the patient, uh, basically put them first. You mentioned uh, the blood pressure, little risk thing, uh, but were there any uh, pieces of technology that sort of uh, stood out to you the most in benefiting our patients here? I would actually um, give a big shout out to um, Abbott and their diabetes management, and specifically a digital therapeutic, they call it Freestyle Libre, if I'm saying it correctly. And it is a sensor that's placed on the patient's arm. And it integrates, of course, with an app, a mobile app, that can also integrate with a caregiver or a caregiver app or a physician health record for the patient. And what really struck me about this case that Abbott shared with us at the Digital Health Summit was how it improved the average number of times a patient monitored their blood glucose level throughout the day. And they used some very staggering statistics that really stuck in my mind that in general, the worst case that they see patients who have to monitor their blood sugar um, in this study was like one and a half times they were checking their blood sugar level. And that is just far below kind of where they should be. They should be, you know, really around six times a day. Um, With this monitor, it was so engaging to the patient that they saw the average scans go up to 13 times a day. And that was incredibly impactful because the studies have shown that the more scans by a patient per day means they have better control of their glycemic levels. So that to me was one of the most impactful patient stories. Mm, That's beautiful, actually. Um, Speaking on what we can do here, uh, what would you say was your biggest takeaway from CES that you'll be able to bring here to Omnicom Health Group and sort of get us all riled up to start implementing into our brand work? For me, what I took away from CES and what consumer electronics uh, can influence or how they influence um, healthcare is consumer product companies have been the first to be collecting data on consumers and creating emotional stories about their brands over time. And to me, that's a big lesson and where I see the future of healthcare going, and us as communicators, what we need to be thinking about, consumers, patients, are going to be even more demanding on what they need from pharmaceutical companies, providers, payers. Patient adherence will be impacted even more so by the real-time access to data from these consumer electronic devices. And so what I, what I took away is that consumer data is rewriting the rules of healthcare. So you mentioned a bunch of kind of complex trends that you saw at CES. What is a simple trend that a brand can take advantage of maybe today or maybe a month from now? I really think a simple trend to get ahead of is actually audio advertising. I think that what I saw with the advancements of voice tech and voice skills is it was really less about the vis- certainly the visual, but as a marketer, I felt I better get a real handle and a jump on my audio communications, the tone, the messaging. There's, there are so many dimensions of sound that I think are underappreciated by certainly by me um, and by marketers. 
Are podcasts a platform you could see this happening on? 100%. I think if you pull the statistics, it's got to be the number one rising digital engagement platform. And I think a podcast is a perfect example of why audio is going to be a critical component to brands in the future. You attended CES in previous years. Were there any empty promises or fulfilled dreams that you heard a couple of years ago that are playing out now or not playing out now? I guess not. Not really. I, I guess... I didn't see as much robotics as I thought I was going to see. Um, I don't know if I thought I'd see like robots walking around guiding me where to go next, but um, there weren't as many, um, I don't know, visible gadgety things, but maybe that's because I was at the health session most of the time. <laughs> no virtual uh, caregivers, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> a lot of connected home, a oh. lot of connected home displays. Um, one of the companies that sticks out for me is a company called iHealth and, um, everything from, you know, your scale to perhaps, you know, a monitor to monitor your insulin to blood pressure cuffs in the home, um, to measuring your, your kind of BMI, um, when you step on the scale, just a real advancement in the connected health home and, There was a lot of advancement in technology on sleep health, and I saw that continue to mature uh, over the last time that I was at CES. And so not only did I see more technologies on the floor from, you know, mattresses that could monitor your sleep and adjust to your, you know, body comfort level to um, technologies that um, existed inside of like, you know, eye masks. Um, The focus on sleep health was huge because sleep impacts so many disease states and and can improve, right, your disease state the more sleep you get. Um, So that was one area. As uh, the last time I was there, I had the good fortune of um, seeing Dr. Oz talk about sleep, sleep health. So that was always, that's always impressive. What are some of the challenges healthcare companies face as uh, patients are becoming more tech savvy or tech literate in a sense? I think that patients are going to expect um, digital therapeutics to be available for them as they become more tech savvy. They are going to expect that to complement perhaps a drug they're taking. They are going to expect the experience for them to be convenient, to be seamless. They are going to expect to have access to data about themselves or about the brand on demand. And lastly, patients are going to expect to have control of their data. So I know I keep coming back to the data topic a lot, but all of the technology While it impressed me, what impressed me the most was the focus on patients being able to take control of their data to better their own outcomes. And so I think that's what pharmaceutical companies are going to need to prepare themselves for. You mentioned how people are trying to take control of their data and all their health medical records. Is there a generation preference that you found when these companies were talking about this? Was it targeted towards baby boomers? Are they targeting millennials? Is it a combination? Definitely a combination. I didn't hear any bias at all towards this is what millennials are going to expect. I heard a bias towards the, this is every consumer 
uh, every demographic. And so I think it's an expectation for all, all different age groups and all different demographics. Did you hear anything about targeting seniors at all? I did. And an interesting example of that was actually Best Buy. So Best Buy Health, and that is now an official division at Best Buy, um, was up on stage talking about their recent purchase of a company called Great Call. And they talked about this purchase as a way to bring connected home devices into the home Um, And they specifically talked about targeting and preparing for the aging population. Hmm. So we are in a very restricted industry. How do you introduce any of this technology that you've spoken about and make sure that brands are staying compliant and patients still feel safe, especially when sharing their data? I think it gets back to really involving all of the right stakeholders at the beginning. And in a highly regulated industry like our own, Brands and pharmaceutical companies can be successful when they involve compliance, regulatory, data privacy at the onset. Everyone, I believe, is centered around solving a specific problem or focused on a specific disease state. And so by having that as a central focus by all of the experts, it's clear to me coming back from CES that innovation is not only possible, it's being achieved by some of the companies that I just shared with you. So as our technology continues to evolve, uh, how can people here stay relevant or keep on top of all these digital trends that are changing or uh, these new advances in technology? How can I do my job and make sure I'm on top of all of this? I think that the internet is a great place to continue (laughs) to do research. There are some really, um, I find, informative forums that I'm always part of. One place that I get a lot of information from is the Health Information Management Society. It's called HIMSS. I probably have the acronym wrong. But I find valuable information and vetted information from these types of organizations that are focused exclusively on technology and data integration in healthcare. I pay attention to my pharmaceutical clients all the time. And I watch what they do from an innovation perspective, not only in digital therapy, um, but really in their medicine and using these advances of technology to improve the medicine that they deliver. So another source of staying on top of things is actually by having dialogue with my clients. And lastly is I love to look outside of healthcare and understand like what's coming next in technology or how is another business solving a problem and then how can I transfer that into the pharmaceutical industry. So is there anything you're going to be purchasing from CES? Are you going to get a 100-inch television or (laughs) one of those Lamborghinis you mentioned? Actually, I'm trying to see if I can get our company to purchase something called the Dreambox, which is this pod. It almost looks like a round, old-fashioned telephone booth. And really, it's being purchased by many companies and just allowing a place for employees to kind of just um, recuperate through a small amount of sleep. And what I learned from Dreambox was that um, 20 minutes of sleep recovery equates to about three hours of deep sleep. And so they're selling these Dreamboxes to lots of corporations. 
so coming back from CES, my goal is to see if I can get my company to invest in a dream box. Well, we're looking forward to that. And yeah. maybe our next episode will be live from the dream box. <laughs> That's a great investment, honestly. Thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, that was an awesome conversation with Joanne Saida. Uh, I found it really interesting to hear Joanne's uh, perspective on the growing digital trends when it comes to data, especially when it comes to the sleep technology. Yeah, that was a great conversation. I'm really excited to get a dream box here at Omnicom. <laughs> I want to thank Joanne for joining us today. It was really great getting to learn about CES 2019 and what the future of healthcare will perhaps look like. I hope our listeners enjoyed the episode. If you did, please leave a review and don't forget to subscribe. If you're curious about some other digital trends happening in the space, follow us Patience and Purpose on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 